This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Ryan Zerfus. And now, here's Ryan. Hey, hey, guys, and welcome back to the Big Brand Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Zerfus, VP of Customer Success, right here at Blackwood Creative in Mishawaka, Indiana. It was a little bit sunnier earlier, but now it's getting a little cloudier, but it's still a nice day out. And regardless of how the day is looking, it's a great day because today in the studio, we have Terry Linhart with us, who is the Executive Director of Extension Studies at Bethel University, just down the road from us. So, Terry, thanks for joining us Hey, today. it's great to be here at Blackwood Creative and, Yeah, uh, with you here in the podcast room. <laughs> yeah, in our fancy conference it's room. It's awesome. Um, and uh, I've been looking forward to this. I've... I've not had the pleasure of meeting you yet. So I'm, I'm excited for this conversation to just get to know you a little bit more and, and hear just all the, I have a, I have an inkling that there's a lot of knowledge sitting across the table mm. from me. So <laughs> hopefully you won't go as long as Yoder did last time, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> last episode. Um, so uh, today we're going to be talking about um, branding more specifically from the world of higher education, mm. but um, I, I think a lot of the things that we talk about today will be transferable to lots Absolutely. of landscapes and 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 community or um, companies that are out there. So, um, but for me personally, before we get into the meat of this, uh, I would just like to know a little bit more about you. And I think, I, there, I think you've traveled a lot, which I have also traveled a lot. And so I want to hear a little bit about your travels and. What uh, what do you miss about travel? Oh yeah, yeah. So t- so tell me well, a little bit about. I think that's been the biggest thing here in the COVID crisis that we're in the middle of right now when we're recording this is that I've missed travel. Yeah. It's interesting when a plane flies over, I just go, oh, that looks so <laughs> good. You know, I know it is weird. It's like a phenomenon yeah. to see a, a plane in the sky. Yeah, I mean, uh, are you an aisle person or a window person? Right. Uh, I would say window. Yeah. But the thing is that my wife is a window person, so that trumps me. Oh. So I usually say aisle. Yeah. I, I married. Well, we're going to uh, the Caribbean in January, and I put Kelly on the aisle and me on the window, and we're hopefully not getting anyone in the middle. See these little tricks oh, that we do where yeah, we yeah. kind of book, and no one wants to sit in the middle, really. <laughs> so, But if someone huh. sits there, then we decide who sits in the middle. I have not yeah. thought to do that yeah. before. That's pretty tricky. Oh, it's uh, it's a thing where I have these little uh, <laughs> habits, uh, you know, traveling uh, a little bit, like... Uh, uh, do you uh, have little quirks that you do travel? Well, it's been a while since I've actively been a world traveler. But when I was, I always had this like plaid. I don't know why, but I had this go-to plaid shirt mm. that I always wore mm-hmm. on my travel days. It was just for whatever. And I don't know why I wore it because it was sort of a loud shirt, which when you travel, <laughs> you, you sort of want to be a little discreet. Um, but I, it was a red and white plaid shirt. And it was just, it probably smelled not great because I wore it all the time when I traveled. So yeah, I, I don't know why it was, it was my comfort zone. I yeah. I've got an Oakley sweatshirt that's so worn from traveling. Mrs. Linhart has said, we're not, that's not allowed anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, they say if you wear uh, a man, if you wear a white button down shirt, jeans, brown shoes, and a blue blazer that you just come off like you're super professional, you huh. get preferential treatment. So you should try that next time. Okay. So, yeah. That's good. It sounds uncomfortable to me. Yeah. I like to dress as low key as possible. Don't right. talk to me. Headphones uh-huh. on. I'm in my own world. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, which is uh, 
from my experience and what I heard is the way to go. Like if you're a world traveler, it's good to be real low key <laughs> under the radar. You don't, you don't want to be noticed when you're traveling, you know, to, to specific places in the world. But, um, you know, you, you want to be careful about the way you look, the luggage that you take, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my goal every trip overseas is to be spoken to in the language of like German first. <laughs> and then I know I did it. I didn't yeah, look yeah, like yeah. an American. So, because I grew up in a half immigrant family and they always used to joke about the Americans going through Norway because uh, you could spot them a mile away because they were wearing white tennis shoes and jeans uh-huh, every uh-huh. time. Yeah. yeah. So. What, okay, real quick, just because I'm curious, and this is such a typical question, what, what's been one of the, the best places you've ever gone? You know, uh, you know what? It was the most recent. Second most recent trip to Lebanon, to Beirut. Uh-huh. I've never felt more safe, mm-hmm. uh, which is ironic because we don't think of it that way. Right. Or more welcome or enjoyed the people more. It was life-changing experience. And uh-huh. unfortunately, that country's in total chaos now. And it was starting then because of the the economic corruption that's been there. And then COVID hit. And, you know, we support different ministries there because they're making a difference with food mm. uh, in there. But, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's not as we see it in the news. It's not. Hmm. And uh, some really dynamic uh, uh, agencies, churches, people working there, very uh, educated uh, country, very diverse. And yeah, um, yeah, Yeah. I, I hope the country makes it. Yeah, I've never had the the pleasure of going there. Yeah. I, I've been just south. I've been to Israel, um, no, but no. I heard great things about Lebanon. Um, yeah. So, so you went there right before COVID? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, actually, COVID was probably spreading around the world as I was <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> yeah, I traveled to Lebanon, and, and then we were on the Syrian border, and then mm. uh, to Brazil within two or three weeks of each other. Right when all this oh, craziness, wow. and I. I came back and I got tested for the antibodies thinking certainly I've had, had this and, right. and I didn't. Huh. So, yeah. well, that's good. <laughs> that's why I have a mask with me. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, I, I love hearing about tra- traveling used to be a really big part of my life and yeah. it's not anymore. I, mm-hmm. And I do, I, I miss it from time to time. So there, mm-hmm. there's moments where I'm thankful that my feet are on the ground and I have a house and I have, you know, some of the comforts of just mm-hmm. being in my hometown. Um, but then like you said, sometimes you look up at the sky and you see that plane and you're like, Oh wow. I remember what that was like. Yeah, so I, I do miss it from time to time. Yeah. So anytime I can talk, ta- hear travel stories, it's great. Yeah. So, um, well, Terry, we, we brought you in because we want to, you, you have a lot of experience in the higher education realm, specifically on the, the creative marketing branding side. And so, uh, just wanted to hear from you a little bit about your experience, what you're seeing, um, and where you see things mm-hmm. going in that, in that world. And so tell me a little bit about what's, what's your current role at Bethel university and, and wh- what does that look like? Yeah. So I am now helping Bethel, which by the way, uh, you know, one of the things that's true about universities and maybe the first branding point in this is what goes on in, in universities is very relevant to the business world. My mm-hmm. wife and I uh, have two or three different businesses. She's uh, owns a franchise and we've started two others. And so we understand the small business branding issues. Sure. And what we're dealing with with universities and it's particularly at Bethel is very similar uh, to that in that a, a university has a reputation and you have to work against 
how people perceive you or reshape that constantly as innovative. Notre Dame around the corner is one of the best branded institutions. So Bethel now is moving out and creating extension sites at churches around the country. It's actually a new model that other colleges have started to do as well as we start to meet uh, some of the new demands uh, from the market. That college is too expensive. It's too far away. I don't want to go live in a dorm for four years and spread a virus maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, how can we do it more practically? You know, all these things. Can it be more practical? Could it be more affordable? And it can it be closer to home? Sure. And that's what we're doing. So I have the extreme privilege hmm. of coordinating that for okay. Bethel University. That's a big project. It is. So fun. what's what's your scope? Is it the country? Is it a region? How far out are we looking? Um, right now we are looking at the fifty states, and so we have some connections into Alaska and Hawaii. Uh, we are also looking to some international opportunities too. It's a little trickier there uh, on. Some some of the deliveries uh, there, mm-hmm. but um, definitely in the in the U.S. We have five uh, places starting with us this fall, and okay. we'll be at uh, twenty five next fall. Okay, wow, yeah. that's yeah. good. That's good Absolutely. initial growth. Yeah. So for you, for you guys, how how did you get to this place to understand that you needed to make this move? Yeah. So uh, we did one of those strategic pull aways. We need to strategize our mm. branding and what are our issues. And about four years ago, we took some key leaders from the university away. The president led a think tank on, uh, we have an enrollment issue, like a lot of universities. How can we build enrollment? Right. And we came up with a series of strategies and we picked the top three and uh, they were growing your athletics, uh, increasing your online presence, and doing some really strategic recruiting. The fourth one was extension sites, and we left it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had, as uh, some donors came along and shared their vision with the university, that's what captured their attention. So we had funding for that, mm-hmm. and we decided to take the fourth one on uh, okay. this year. And we hired a staff, and here we are off and running. Okay. So for you guys, that's like your... You're sort of replicating the the Bethel University brand and culture in places around the country. Is there is there difficulty to that process of keeping things consistent when you're launching sort of mini sites across mm-hmm. across a large space? Yeah, there is, and we're doing something a little more innovative, I think, than just saying, "Hey, can we use your building?" We're mm-hmm. coming alongside churches in particular that really want to be a place that. Uh, allows people to get an affordable two-year degree in a Christian environment, for instance, for Mm -hmm. us. Faith-based learning is very important. And then also to do ministerial training. So we allow the the church to shape the experience a little bit. And so we're a little more customizable, if that's a word, Mm -hmm. uh, there. And that's what captures the imagination of churches. So uh, of the five sites that we're looking at, you know, one of them uh, has a bakery and they're very entrepreneurial. Another one just wants to train uh, pastors and another one wants to create kind of a community college for their area because there isn't one. Yeah. And so that's the fun is that everyone's going to be a little different. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I, I, I'm sure it takes a lot of management to sort of bring all that together to keep it consistent, like where you have unique programs sort of at each site that offers a little bit different mm-hmm. flavor, but keeping those cohesive yeah. with with uh, n- not just branding, but also just with the, the principles and programming of Bethel as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I talked about that we're, 
you know, trying to work within what's our reputation. We're not trying to reinvent what Bethel University is about. Mm -hmm. The second thing is we're trying to have that consistent alignment in our messaging so it it matches. So we do have people, uh, every church has to submit to us their uh, logos and Mm -hmm. what they're sending out for approval so there's brand alignment. Sure. But yet we've, it's also forced us as these churches come back and they have their own brand guides to say, hey, we want to use this color, we want to use this. So we're figuring, okay, Bethel University has this part of the logo, for instance. How do we match that with this part of the logo of a, of a well-established church? Sure. And we're figuring out, okay, we're guarding you know, this side of the at and you know, Bethel BU at... Oh, and right, right. or yeah. something like that. And then mm-hmm. we can, then there's some freedom there. And it's been really, you have to have a team that says, uh, uh, we want to work with people and we're going to hold to what's important, but we're going to be flexible on what's not important. Yeah. So thinking a little bit more on a macro level, just on a, a university wide level, what, what do you perceive being some of the difficulties just in the world of branding when it comes to a university and higher education? What, yeah, what are, what are challenges that you face there? Right. So I think in very few industries, other than education, does your reputation precede you? Mm. And so most universities have been established for decades. Yeah, it's not centuries. And you cannot walk in, snap your finger, and tell the alumni and all the constituencies, here's where we're going, right? Mm. Uh, If you look at Notre Dame, just the whole tussle between the old guard and the new guard regarding the uh, jumbotron or whatever it is at Uh the stadium, right? All the new innovations that you watch Notre Dame go through this, you know, is that really what Notre Dame's about, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And uh, yeah, and over time, uh, technology won. For us, you know, we changed from Bethel College to Bethel University a couple of years ago, and we needed to do it because of the international space. No International students need it to say university because college is seen as a two-year kind of folk school mm. it's in Norway we call it hook school and you know it's a the folk school kind of thing so uh <laughs> it's not seen as a true four-year institution so that was one and we were late to the game but yet still when we did that a lot of people in our world were up in arms about how can you be a university you're just selling out mm. and all this stuff and I'm thinking well you look at you know Huntington and and even uh Calvin and other institutions went to university a long time ago it's it's important yeah and it's a brand and it shows that you're here and now we can work on a doctorate program yeah because we're a university so that's one of the things so one of the things that's unique to Ed is we have this reputation and all of us have it and if you think of branding as as that uh think of someone uh, and i wish I had an example right now that's working outside of how people think about them uh, the the thought often is why are they doing that that's not what they're about mm. you know well, yeah. institutions more. So that's what we're trying to do. And we're also, uh, in education, working against uh, headlines written by entrepreneurial people who are trying to say, hey, college isn't worth it anymore, even mm-hmm. though research continually shows over and over that it's you earn more, you have COVID's shown us that you have a better chance of keeping your job. Mm-hmm. It's so much right. valuable. There's so much value to a higher education, and yet you know, up until COVID, we were hearing all these headlines of going, college isn't worth it. You know, mm. don't get this and don't get that. Yeah. Just come to my little online course for $275. <laughs> right. It sounds like, I mean, I could imagine in an environment like, like an institution, but you know, Bethel specifically where you have obviously years and years and years of alumnus, and then you also have donors. Mm-hmm. I could see where that could get complicated as far as moving forward where you're trying to, in a, whether it's branding or marketing, trying to keep being innovative and push push the envelope mm-hmm. a little bit, but <laughs> trying to bring all of those people along. Yeah. 
Um, how have you guys, how have you seen Bethel find success in that? How do you, how do you keep moving forward and keep everyone sort of satisfied with the direction? The one thing I tell people about Bethel is that there are really good people Hmm. working there. And I have an old adage that good people solve a lot of problems. (laughs) And so we have great alumni who really have a sense of mission for the college. We're a smaller school. So it's not as well established in some ways. And to the credit of our cabinet and our trustees and our alumni, they've embraced this uh, direction. And I would say, and people may not know this, but Bethel is actually very innovative in technology and online education and how we think about things and how we're flexible. We have a track team that wins the national championship every year, and yet we have no track. But because they have good coaches... And now we have a building. Tony Natalia. Yeah, that's right. Guy. Yeah. And Danny Wilkerson, all these people that coach, you know, Olympic level athletes. And mm-hmm. so they get this high performance and track people want to come here because they know they're going to increase in their performance. Well, that is what Bethel does. Pre-med, nursing, people come here because they know they're going to get uh, right to the front of the line when they graduate. And, um, and I'm excited now as Bethel's reputation grows that people are starting to recognize that more. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. Um, so it takes time though. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and I'm sure change is mm. not a quick thing right. at that level. Um, so uh, pulling back even further, um, you know, we were talking about the program specifically the extension studies and, and then the university looking at sort of education just in greater, in, in the context of just the greater culture, mm-hmm. where do you see education and the world of education fitting into our current culture and how is that shifting? Well, it's interesting in the context we're in right now in the middle of this COVID crisis here that uh, I think in the election cycle that I think education in America is needed more than ever. And I'm a proponent of if we're in in a democracy, let's participate in the democratic thing of even public education, but private education, you know, whatever it is. Uh, we we're right now, social media is shaping us to just react to things. We need to see a short video clip or a short picture or something mm-hmm. and we're reacting and all mad and, and, and doing all this stuff yeah. and we don't see the full picture. We've lost our ability to think. And even in the last three weeks, I remember trying to post some sort of balanced discussion on, on Facebook, for instance, and to say, can we talk about this issue? And, uh, on both sides of the aisle, you would get these reactions. And I just think that we've lost our value of being educated. So I think it's important to be able to step back and have critical conversations on things. And then the second thing is that technology and consumerism is continuing to shape us to want things bite-sized. And so we have to figure out how to have sustained thought in a bite-sized world and to do it with some visual uh, appeal, like using videos more. And so in this extension studies where we're meeting 18 year olds around the country, mm-hmm. we're taking, uh, some courses and giving them a little more visual polish, a little pop and, you know, to illustrate things yeah. better. And so I think that if we think about, uh, education, we have to be quick to edu- to illustrate what it is we're saying through visual means, which re- is important to branding as well. Yeah, definitely. But then also to help people to see the need for education. I'm I'm concerned about the role of education, particularly in cities, you know, like the one we're in here, South Bend area, mm-hmm. you know, where we really need to invest in educating young people. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you see that as the current challenges, uh, what what does the future look like in your mind? Mm-hmm. Where where do you see education heading and 
maybe if you see challenges in that, how do you see education sort of adapting to what's coming down the road? I, yeah, I don't, to be the most honest answer is I don't know where it's headed. I'm a little bit um, hopeful that coming out of this COVID that again, I need to have a degree Mm-hmm. Not just to have a degree, but to put me in a le- position to have leadership mm-hmm. because uh, we saw that low-level jobs were easily dismissed or tossed right. aside. Yeah. Uh, but more than that, I need to be an educated citizen of the world because those people over there are upset about something and I don't really understand them. You know, so I think that's the, if we have empathy as humans, you know, the ability that we want to understand someone else, then to me that is what education allows us to do. And I was fortunate, my doctorate's in multicultural education at Purdue. And so when you see mm-hmm. all these issues this year related to racial dis, you know, discord that was going on, you know, I have this background that I can draw on to say, well, here are some of the dynamics yeah. you know, that's going on there. And so um, was able to help people process that, was able to empathize better. And I think that's what education can do. Yeah. Help us understand the other better. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that. I, I, I definitely, uh, relate to that and and could see myself in that from just my college experience. I'm outside of my specific studies. I think even just being in college for the, I I went to ball state and the four years that I was there, I think the, the other benefits of just growing as a person and being in that environment, obviously like having to figure out what it means to be an adult and live your own life and be independent and cook food, you know, all the like typical (laughs) stuff we think about, like, yes, those things are helpful, but I think even more so figuring out how to be a beneficial, helpful, and like you said, empathetic citizen, a person in this community who knows how to hear people and relate to them. Um, I feel like I grew leaps and bounds in that while I was at Ball State, just just because of the environment that you're in. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure at Bethel, it's the same, you know, you're thrown into a community where there's all of these people who you have to interact with and relate with and, and, and do it in a way where you're not going to tear each other down mm. and, or, you know, start throwing stones. And so I, I appreciate that because I, I feel like that was a huge benefit of my education. Yeah. So, I mean, let's take my extension studies that we're doing. So one of the things we have to do when you think of a brand, because mm-hmm. a lot of, some of these are online courses here at the beginning is to help a student or parent understand you're taking a class online, but you're doing it with a group of people at a, at a facility, at a church or a church mm-hmm. a building downtown. And so you're getting that citizenship with a group of people, that community building with others that you're going through and creating this bond and that experience rather than other types of online learning where you play Fortnite till two in the morning <laughs> and you go, well, I better get my class done. Right, you just you do know, it and then it's on like, your own time by yeah, yourself. Yeah, and then you're not really learning. So uh, that dynamic community is part of this extension stage, which I like, you know, yeah. so then that solves that citizenship issue that you talked yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So jumping back into the program more specifically, um, what has that looked like internally for you? guys um like do you have a team of people Mm. what are people doing to make this happen to keep uh the program consistent with the brand of bethel right so the donors allowed us to their donation and their support allowed us to hire a a whole team uh, for a university that has always had innovative non-traditional education 
uh, we were able to create a third division within Bethel called this Bethel Extension or BUX is what okay. we called it. Yeah. And we got a little logo and all that stuff. So we're having fun with it internally, BUX and, and all that. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's changed. So some people, it's a new thing and this, they're not sure about it. And any brand you do, the reality is any branding you do, any new initiative, you have to show that you're being successful. Mm. And we set a small goal, which we're exceeding this fall, which we're excited about. And so people go, oh, it's going to go. And you have to do some research and show the, the direction you're going. Right. Yep. Um, you know, concept so for, a I'll give bit. you an example. So we're partnering with five churches next fall here in Indiana. And people go, well, aren't you taking from, you know, students that would normally come to the university? But the mm-hmm. reality is of those five churches, only 18 students have come to Bethel in the last seven years between the five. So mm. that's, you know... <laughs> like a half a student a year. Yeah. <laughs> and of those, only four would be majoring in a major that we're offering in this program. So yeah. it's a whole new constituency, right? Yeah. So perception, which is where we started this conversation with branding with the university <laughs> and perception with the program is always difficult. And you have to be very careful. So as we've started this internal team that you'd mentioned, we've had to be very careful to collaborate well with all the existing entities yeah. and everybody's been great. Mm-hmm. Really, and I'm not just saying that. And we've had to be very careful to define what it is and isn't. Sure, right. You, know, you have to be very intentional. Take that care, and it goes back to this thing of empathy. I think there's an there's a, uh, a an understanding or awareness. Maybe empathy is not the right word of when you're dealing with a perception of a brand or a program, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that you're going to have a certain group of people that are going to just need to have extra uh, definition given to them and clarity. Yeah. And you can't be frustrated with that. And you got to walk with them and understand that they may be helpful for you to make sure you're doing your job well, mm-hmm. you know? So when people come in and say, hey, what about this? I can't feel defensive right away. Go, this is the best idea since, uh, you know, classic rock or something, you know? <laughs> uh, it's the best I could come up with. <laughs> you know, but you just have to, to go slow and walk with them. Sure. So when it comes to sort of the the branding aspect of a university and and like you said you're dealing in, in that realm you're 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 probably going to be dealing a lot with reputation just because there's such most universities at this point are so established mm-hmm. like I said they, they you know they have they have lots of alumnus people know the name they recognize I, I mean Bethel is pretty well known and especially in this area so you're you're just dealing with a lot of perception so how how what, I, I guess the question would be what uh, difficulties has Bethel had in reputation and have some things that they've had to overcome to sort of uh, define themselves and say, no, this is who we are and Mm -hmm. this is what we care about? Yeah, it's uh, ongoing when you're a faith-based institution navigating cultural realities. Mm. I mean, that's, and Notre Dame's no different in right. that regard. Uh, Bethel would be a uh, you know, more conservative evangelical Protestant school. There are many of those here in the Midwest, and we've all had to navigate some of the dynamics related to federal funding and who do you hire. And so the government's been very supportive of religious institutions being able to hire along uh, religious lines, for instance, asking for a professional faith. But we don't have a denominational requirement with mm-hmm. our school. Bethel is uh, perceived to be, you know, kind of strict in some ways, but yet is very, what I would use the word, pastoral and others. Like we care for students. We have a wide range of students on campus. We don't ask 
for students to have to say they're Christian to be on mm-hmm. campus. And so uh, to me, that's that's fun. You know, you walk into a classroom, especially in our non-traditional program. I've had students from other religions in my classes, and they respect the teaching if I'm teaching even like a Christian theology class. And so... Um, so how people perceive it is different from sometimes how it can be, but you help guide people. You know, our constituency is diverse. Yeah. And um, so we're very careful, for instance, as is Notre Dame, as is many institutions, to uh, not have uh, many political conversations, especially because it just it's a lose-lose, you know. Yeah. Hosting a candidate for either party is, is problematic. And yeah. we've seen that in the last <laughs> few years here in South Bend. Well, and I know uh, Notre Dame just dropped the, uh, the, the what were they? They were going to host the, the presidential the, debate, the debate yeah. which I, I know there's probably yeah. lots of reasons that go into yeah. that, but you know, it fits into the, that whole right. conversation. Yeah. And you saw Taylor had, you know, the vice president there and that provided to be, uh, it became a flashpoint, right? It mm-hmm. didn't need to be. And that's the sad part about where we are with the political landscape. And so, yeah. So I think that that's, that's a, another example. Um, and I'm proud of how Bethel's navigated, um, many of the issues this year, mm-hmm. the virus, not getting caught up in the headline type of it, but taking a very scientific approach. You cannot help it when you have such a killer, amazing <laughs> nursing faculty that we have, mm-hmm. which goes, this is the science of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're uh, handling that well. And uh, yeah, it, it is something. And, um, and if you have a business, you know this for a fact that your community people can come in the door and think you're doing one thing and you're doing another. Or they oh, yeah, think you, definitely. And you're, there's no shortage of people calling you of telling you what you ought to be doing, you know? <laughs> right. And what you ought to care about. And you that this is why you have, uh, you know, vision casting meetings and you create your mission statements and you stick to what it is you feel like you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So... Uh, you touched on a little bit earlier, but I'm curious, um, just within Bethel and, and sort of your your team, your leadership there on campus, um, with with a lot of the changes that we've talked about uh, in in the market and how things are going for universities, it requires a lot of adaptation from from you guys, it, it, and and just a willingness to do things differently. So how how at Bethel do you guys sort of keep tradition and what you are about in balance with the market and what it's telling you and adjusting to meet new challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like uh, there's a tension there that I'm sure you guys live in. Um, and so how do you, how do you sort of navigate that as a university together? Yeah. You asked, I think the hundred thousand dollar question for the interview, <laughs> right? And I don't know that there's a neat and clean answer to that. This is, but you did recognize that as a tension. And this is where we are. This is what technology is presenting to us, mm-hmm. businesses, universities today. It is, it is, and now with the virus, mm-hmm. it is eroding many of these things that we've held as tradition that are more habit or practice. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to step back and say, okay, what are the traditions that are non-negotiables? And uh, for university, it's a, a commitment to a certain type of education. Right. For a faith-based institution, it's these are non-negotiable uh, faith values. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a business, it is a you know certain philosophy of our product or mm-hmm. a certain philosophy of how we do treat people, sure. right, and customers, and that, and then you have to say, okay, from around that, then we can be innovative. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sure there's lots of things around that that feel 
so central to who you are, but really they could change and you could still stay the same. You could yeah. stay true to who you are. I'll give you an example. So online education, which is relatively uh, well established now. I mean, we've been at it for almost a decade at Bethel, but you, you have people say, I will not teach an online education. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, what if I got you the same outcomes through that course that you got if you were lecturing in a classroom with people, they were there, they were just nodding, but they weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, if I got you better outcomes in online education, would that be good education? Yeah. And see, and so in a lot of classes, you can actually get better outcomes in online ed because you structure it where they're actually doing the work, proving they're learning. Whereas in a course, they're just kind of in the, in the crowd, in listening, the numbers, writing a paper, maybe passing a sure. test. And uh, I think we all can relate, those of us who went to college uh, attending a class and not learning very much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like my education at Ball State definitely lines up with what you were saying. <laughs> no, I, I loved my classes. I love my time there. And I'm sure it's the same at Bethel. Um, but um, yeah, I, no, I really appreciate what you said. Just I, I think that's something that people listening you know, hopefully are encouraged by is there are a lot of times when you're going to come up to a changing environment, which we're all in right now. (laughs) So just buck up and you better be ready for it. Absolutely. It's here. Um, but changing environment with new challenges and, and being able to navigate through those things and keep, stay true to who you are, but change some of the exterior Mm -hmm. things, the, the, maybe some of the methodology or the, the, you know, service like you guys, services or products that you're, you're giving out. Um, you can change those things and still be who you are as a company or who for you, you know, who you are as a university. And so I've, I've been encouraged to watch Bethel do that here locally to see a university who's adapting, who is, um, meeting the new demands of the market and the students that are out there mm. with staying true to the, the core and the, the, you know, the, the history of what right. Bethel is. And, and here's the deal, and this is where owners, managers, VPs, whatever, have to be committed, is you still have to measure your outcomes. Like you cannot just say something is a certain way without going to the end and seeing if it's true. Hmm. And so, you know, some every year I'm in a couple of consulting projects where I step in and we're measuring, okay, how well are you doing at this. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy for us to say, Hey, we're being innovative and we're doing this and so forth. But if it's not getting the same ROI and you can't always measure ROI, right? Mm, I mean, to be elusive. Yeah. I mean, don't even get me started on, on that. We think we know (laughs) ROI and we don't really know, but outcomes, right? If, if your bottom line's not growing, like if you're flat in a certain area or if you're not seeing uh, a return. So for instance, I'll, I'll tell you, we invested in, in the R of that, robust recruiting Mm -hmm. in the retreat. And I would say by and large, most of us last year felt like the quality of our freshman class across the board was one of the best we've ever seen at Bethel. Mm -hmm. And that's a sense of, it's it's a little bit anecdotal, anecdotal. Uh, but we said, wow, that's really impressive. Right. Mm. And so now we're starting to see, uh, you know, a growth in the, in the quality of student building on, you know, years of quality students before them. So, uh, that's, that's the thing is I, I, we should never get so complacent that we're not uh, measuring how well we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of a long answer. Sorry. No, no, that definitely, no, that's, that makes sense. And that's a good encouragement. I mean, um, Yes, we need to be innovative. We need to change. We need to adapt to to meet new things. But 
but of course we always need to be measured and we that's very important here at blackwood i mean whenever we try something new even this podcast i mean for instance we, we try to be as open-handed with this podcast again like i mean this is a great thing we've loved it we we want to keep doing it but if there comes a point where it's like this is not a good use of our time it's not accomplishing the same goals that are true to who we were before um then we need to be real about that and be willing to, to mm. scrub it i hope it never comes to that i would love to do this for a long time but but you have to be willing to make those hard decisions with right. new things that you try um so so yeah i think that's good encouragement for us um what what would be you know if someone's listening to this and and maybe they are in more of the marketing world in the higher education um you know realm what would be your encouragement to them to to sort of stick especially given how things are changing in our world and now covid what would be your encouragement to them to sort of stay true to the path well i would always stay true to being student focused like it doesn't matter what's being taught what's being learned is the curriculum mm -hmm. and i'm pretty adamant about that and so you start with your students and you work backwards and mm -hmm. if you don't know if your students are growing or how well they're doing if they're getting jobs yeah if they're good citizens <laughs> then you need to start there and yeah. go figure out how well are we doing at producing the kind of people that we want to and our motto is uh you know changing the world changing communities through christ-centered graduates and mm -hmm. so we feel like we're doing that and that's what then bux comes along mm -hmm. does that meet our mission changing communities yeah we're in different churches around the country through christ-centered graduates yeah we're doing that so mm -hmm. so that's how it fits. so i think that's what i would do i would encourage people in the same way that businesses look at customers or clients or you know, if it's B2B businesses, yeah, yeah. then um, then you say, okay, if you're in any sort of nonprofit and you have people in your programs or you have students in your classes, start with them. How well are you doing with them? Yeah. And, and five years down the road, how well are you doing? And 10 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate what you said sort of about that, that motto that you guys have. It's, it's so helpful, I think, to have a really clearly defined goal and uh like you know tagline motto mission statement whatever it is so that there's a filter for everything you do you know like like you said with the the bux that you guys are, are doing there's a there's a quick way to identify is this staying true to the mission of bethel and if it's not then then it's not like yep. we need to be okay with that but if it is then hey we've got it it's on track and i think that is something that's really helpful, not just in your context, but in, in, in any business endeavor. You need to know who you are, what your goals are, who you're trying to reach. And, and from that, you need to be able to filter out everything you do as to whether it's aligning with that with that mission and goal or whether it's outside. Yep. Um, and being okay with letting things go. So, And then you, then you do things that surprise you because you're partnering with people. Yeah, I'll just give you a story. Tomorrow we hop in a, in a car. We're driving south of here quite a ways to another state. And we're partnering with the church as a vision to be, not just a place that trains people for ministry, or gives them two years degree, but they also have a concern for people with learning disabilities mm. for whom a traditional college campus is not a good place to be. And they yeah, have the facility really cool. and the means and the people to be in that region, maybe that whole state, a place that parents whose students have learning disabilities of pretty significant size or shape or you know nature mm -hmm. can send their students there and they're equipped to handle it. Hmm. And we're very excited to see what that could be. 
and can you imagine, you think of a mission of transforming people, transforming mm-hmm. communities, yeah. helping people for whom a traditional college campus would just seem like a pipe dream mm. to get a college degree. Yeah. That's incredible. It'd be amazing. That's a really cool program. Yeah. Is that in Indiana or is that another it's state? It's south of here. Okay. It's south of here. <laughs> I don't want to, pro- I don't want to say, I'm I don't want to promise what they're doing, but it's not in Indiana. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, maybe it's a model that we can replicate too, yeah. because that is something, you know, we have, we, we do well and we bring students in, but it's just, there's such a current mm-hmm. to go against on campuses where you're just, if you can't navigate socially or the time sequence or whatever, mm-hmm. so many things. Yeah. And yet, inside is a talented person with gifts, talents, and abilities that can just do mm. stuff. They just need a degree yeah. to get a job. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I have one question that popped up, so I don't want to miss it. Is uh, specifically when it comes to navigating branding and marketing at a university, social media is a huge part of mm-hmm. that. So I think uh, it would be good for us to touch real quick on that from mm-hmm. your perspective of how does social media fit into the world of a university right. and how do you manage that? Well, I don't know all the answers to that question. <laughs> that's a big, that's a right. big question. <laughs> yeah, but you have to have a great website. You just have to, you, you can, it, it's sometimes it's almost like just in time when you're near university, you just need to be present and you need to have it looking amazing when people mm-hmm. show up. So mm-hmm. we're working on our website, bux.bethelluniversity.edu. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not going to be on Instagram for BUX. Churches are going to be doing that. So they have their own brand, their own logo, their own school mm-hmm. that BU is a part of. But for Bethel, you know, we're on Instagram and YouTube and things, and you just have to be present, right? It's, it's so that you never look like you're missing. Mm. And I, I think that's it. Rather than, oh, if I just get the right post, someone's going to want to come to my school. I don't think that's it. But if they check for you on the site, then you need to be there. You need to be present. Absolutely. You need to be active. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, I think that's true with a lot of businesses. If you are on, well, one, if you are missing from an important channel that you should be on, mm. people will notice that mm-hmm. if they go and they don't find you. Secondly, if you are on a channel and there's huge lapses in your activity, people will also, I, I've done that where I look up a company, you know, maybe I search them up on Facebook or something and I go to their page and I notice, oh, their last post was four months ago. Mm-hmm. Well, that's sort of odd to me as the consumer. And I'm sure for you as yep. a university too, whether it's your partners, your donors, your students, um, whoever it is, that that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. You know, people start to wonder like, well, they must not, they, they must not be that great mm-hmm. if they're not willing to even post regularly, which is just the world we live in. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, that's this thing when blogging was the thing. You had to blog every day, someone said, and it was once a week. I, I do think that um, this is really good advice, you know, and I've written a few books and worked with authors and speakers and things, and you just have to be, you know, if you're going to be on Twitter and Instagram, just on a Monday, put something on there once mm-hmm. a week. You don't have to be doing much more than that. Mm-hmm. If you have a blog, don't look at mine. Uh, <laughs> you know, have a post or something, you know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, uh, can be once a month even or once every other week or mm-hmm. so. But just to be present. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good because I, I, what I like about that is I think anyone in pretty much any context can can take that to heart as far as it, it doesn't take much effort to be present. Mm-hmm. You just need to be present. Right. And um, so, you know, it, it doesn't, like you said, doesn't need to be every minute of every day. You just need to take that time to to do the necessary work to make sure that you're you're present and what you're putting out there is 
is hopefully your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like when you, when people get the Bethel experience, when they, and the Bethel experience transcends being on campus, it, it's all of your mm. digital assets too. So when people come to see those things, are they getting the best experience mm-hmm. that you can give them? right off the bat. Yeah. And I mean, you're not asking me to do this too, but I think in all the businesses that Kelly and I have, we've uh, decided that a third party like Blackwood Creative helps us, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, with some of the uh, making sure our logos are relevant. You know, I mean, I've got my Blackwood Mm -hmm. Creative logo here for (laughs) one of the entities that we do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you you just, it, it helps you to have professionals make sure it's good and uh, it's worth worth the investment. Yeah, definitely. Well, Terry, it's been awesome having you on the show today. I appreciate just being able to meet you and, and hear a little bit from you. Um, I mean, you're right down the road from us, so it's like you're, you're basically our neighbor. Um, and, and so, of course, we love Bethel and love being just right here with you in this community. Yeah, it's a great school. I've been there 19 years. I never thought I'd be here this long, and, and yeah, you to keep having time. new opportunities. And, you know, this, I'm just so proud of how it's continued to grow. The cabinet we have right now is helping us navigate this financial time. We have mm-hmm. great great leadership at the top and we're trying to be better you know we're really trying to be good uh, universities are citizens too and we're trying to to do that we got a lot of work to do but yeah. we're we're heading that way yeah and I, be, I i believe that i mean i've 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 had the pleasure of being on campus a lot and getting to to know a lot of bethel students and some of the faculty and um it's just great i mean yeah. wonderful people it's it's just so evident that you guys not only care about the students, but you care about the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so bravo to you for Thanks. that. And, and it's great that you've been able to stay at Bethel for such a long time because you continue to see the mm-hmm. need of, of how you can sort of plug in and mm-hmm. continue to be a part of where it's going. Yeah. Um, so thanks for joining us today on the show to talk about, you know, just higher education mm-hmm. and, and how does branding fit into all that. And, um, and I've just appreciated this conversation with you. So, so thanks to everyone for joining in today to, to listen to this conversation with Terry. Um, if you would like to follow up with Terry at all or, or just find him to, to look more up, um, you can find find Terry on most social media platforms. You just look up uh, at Terry Linhart. Uh, It's T-E-R-R-Y L-I-N H-A-R-T and you'll find Terry. Feel free to connect with him. Ask questions if you have them. I'm sure he's got years and years of experience in uh, the creative side and the higher education side so if you want to ask some questions, I'm sure he'd love to uh, connect with you. So thanks for joining us today on the Big Brand Theory Podcast. Loved having you. Uh, You're always welcome to join us for more you can do that by following subscribing liking all the you know all the normal things uh to stay current with our content so uh we hope you continue to listen in for more episodes and you all stay toasty hey hey guys we so appreciate you listening in and for your support and we want to continue to put out excellent content for you So if you could head to bigbrandtheorypodcast.com and find the survey button to let us know some of your thoughts on the podcast and what you'd like to hear about, that would be a great help to us. Thank you.